When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, guys? Week three of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week four with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off another action-packed week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up because you don't want to miss this. You head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any game this week to receive $150 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Here's what you do. You download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $150 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Season coming back from 14 nothing down. What a win! The show by the fans for the fans, covering all four major sports in the District of Champions. It's the DC Crossover Podcast with your hosts Mike Cerrone and Ben Simpson. Hello and welcome to another episode of DC Crossover, episode number 80, right here on either The Contender, you might be listening to the show live, or you're catching us on all podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, 
Basically, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find the show. You can also get us, um, I guess, well, I guess that's it. I guess that's it. Any, anywhere you can receive yeah. podcasts as well as on the contender so far. But you never know, Mike. You know, the TV networks will be calling us any day now. Right. I expect uh, NBC Sports Network, Masson. I mean, just think about it. This show should clearly is better than a lot of the content those those networks put out there. Yes, we've seen a lot of different things over all the different networks that have kind of been subpar, to say the least. Right. I mean, we've already had our grievances with certain uh, duos uh, for our favorite sure. teams. Uh, but at the same time, hopefully one of these days we'll uh, – We'll get a nice uh, consistent check coming in rather than just going by download numbers. But at the same <laughs> right. time, hopefully uh, hopefully someone comes calling soon. Yeah, that would be nice. That would be nice. Um, but, yeah, we appreciate you watching the show. That is Mike Cerrone and Ben Simpson. And uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at the DC Crossover for myself and at Cerrone16 for Mike. A packed show here. Obviously, Washington football team uh, played this weekend, if you can even call it that. Uh, and then you have the Washington Nationals season wrapping up and then the usual uh, picks of the week and all that good stuff. Uh, Mike was away at a wedding this weekend. Yes, I was. Um, and it's good to have you back in town. You <laughs> made it. You survived. Yes, I, I survived. Uh, the problem was, like I said, is that basically I told you this off air that my sinuses just started acting up like crazy um, about – I think the middle of the second day. So we just had the rehearsal. Uh, so basically the wedding was on a Sunday. So it just happened last night. Um, because of COVID and everything, I think I mentioned this possibly uh, in prior episodes. Because of COVID, uh, they got canceled last year. And it was a Saturday wedding in the summer. So when they had to reschedule it, this venue only had a Sunday available in September. So they had to book that. And it, it, uh, weddings aren't usually supposed to be on Sundays. But at the same time, right. they had to do it because of COVID. Um, but at the same time, we're uh, we're looking at the whole entire weekend. I had to take off Friday and today from work, which I'm not complaining about. Let's be honest here. Yeah, um, why but, would you? You know. Yeah, let's be a honest. Couple days so, off. Yeah, so so I ended up going down there, played a little golf on Friday. Uh, then we had a nice little evening out uh, with uh, the both parties. Um, and uh, I saw some of the family members because uh, I was the best man. So uh, I've been around this family for over 20 years, so it's good to see all them. Uh, but Saturday, like I said, after the rehearsal, which was like midday, started getting a little stuffed up. I was like, what is going on here? Not yeah, to mention I have a best man speech coming up, so I'm like, I can't sound like Alvin Ooh, the Chipmunk uh, right. you know, out there. So I'm like, you know, I, I texted uh, Kevin, who was the groom. I said, dude, you got some Zyrtec or something. I know you always got some type of allergy medicine up here because my <laughs> allergies haven't uh, haven't acted up in months. And right. um, surprisingly, you know, so I didn't really uh, think I needed allergy medicine. I mean, I, I've, been, I've been good. My immune system, I've always said, is money. So uh, <laughs> really, when you're looking at it, I asked him. And he's like, yeah, man, I got Zyrtec D over the counter, man. It's awesome stuff. It like, clears you right up. So I, I took some, uh, and uh, it, it worked a little bit. And then uh, I was staying with another best friend of mine who was in the in the groom's party or whatever they call it. Um, and uh, we were in an Airbnb, and his girlfriend had – she's like, you got to use this Flonase. So I was literally so drugged up with, with <laughs> sinus things that uh, at the rehearsal dinner, I was just like totally out of it. You know, I'm like sitting there. I mean, we had a great time. Don't get me wrong. Uh, right. But I was sitting there, and I'm just like, you know, trying to, you know, not sneeze on people or something like that. Even though I wasn't really sneezing, it was more so just like congestion, where it was like right, I, right. I could barely, and, my, I could barely talk. <laughs> it's just like annoying. It's an annoying yes. thing to yes. have going on because yeah, you're talking weird. You're probably <laughs> sniffing all the time. Like it's, 
<laughs> any of that stuff is just not fun. It makes me. I always say this: you, when you get sick or you have something going on, you forget how fantastic it is when you right. are perfectly one hundred percent healthy. Like if you have like like for example, if you hurt your arm or like mm-hmm. you got some weird thing, and you're like, man, I miss being one hundred percent fine because being one hundred percent fine is fantastic oh my gosh well that's the that's the point is like literally on wedding day yesterday i took a zyrtec d around uh geez it might have been maybe around 11 o'clock so i was trying to extend it throughout the morning so because obviously you know you feel pretty good after it works for like an hour and then sometimes you're like okay it wears off after a few hours so i took it then and i took a couple uh uh, puffs of flonase right before i left to go uh you know meet up with everybody um and then all of a sudden, I told his uh, my buddy's girlfriend, I said, hey, Christy, can you actually bring that Flonades with you? Because I might need to take a couple puffs right before my best man speech. Might need um, another dose, yeah. And, uh, and the problem was is that uh, you know when it came down to the best man speech, because I've been planning this for about a year and a half now or so, and I'm sure you've done a best man speech before, um, I wasn't really prepared because of the sole fact that when I was writing the speech, I was like, well, I can't say that. Uh, I can't say that either. You know, a lot of the right, things that right. you want to say, you can't say. So I was like, I mean, my girlfriend looked at me and she said, I don't know if you were actually talking about uh, Mama Mac, which is uh, which is my best friend's uh, mom, who is basically right. a second mom to me, or you were talking about him. Uh, and I was like, well, because I was just talking about how when we were growing up and stuff like that, I used to just go into their house un- unannounced and stuff like that because I was just a, a part of the family, basically. But at the same time, uh, hopefully my speech wasn't too long. I got conflicting reports, um, and apparently that's what happens when I do speeches. I did the same thing at my sister's wedding. So oh no, so I, that's uh, multiple <coughs> occasions of a too long speech. Well, by it, it, that's the thing is people are laughing and laughing and laughing. So I just keep right. going on. It's like it's, yeah. it's basically it's like I'm hard just sitting, to cut it short. It's yeah, a, you get, here's here's the rule. The rule is you want to leave them wanting more. That's yes. the rule you got to live by, Mike. Well, I had and all look. these random people coming up to me saying, Mike, man, great speech, man, great. And they had this one guy who had like a really high-pitched voice, but he spoke so yeah. fast. I couldn't understand what he was saying. So he asked me a question, and I was like, yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> and he was like, wait, what? Because uh, oh. I, I was like, wait, can you repeat yourself? Like, That's they, always the worst. Yeah, I've they, been there before where you like you just respond, and you go like, yep, or like, thanks, <laughs> when they like asked you something. <laughs> and they're like, that's not an answer to my question. Yeah, so. Well, I'm glad that you, you know, it sounds like you had a good time. It was sounds a great like, time. Sounds like you did a good job. I mean, it yeah. doesn't, at least, it sounds like you didn't do a bad job because the, the, it would be it would be a little rough coming back from a bad best man speech. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the speech was good because I had a decent amount of laughs and I wasn't really, and he they told me, hey, man, you know, we need you to get have a nice speech here and stuff like that. And they kept calling me the hype man and stuff like that, which was which is fine. I'm I'm down to have that title because I always am. But at the same time, <laughs> I'm looking at the speech and I'm like sitting there just sipping on you know water because I'm like I can't be you know drinking a lot. Like yeah, I had a couple a couple of drinks or whatever, but it was like over like a hour and a half or something. Uh, but at the same time, it, it just it just was a hope. Hopefully. I'm gonna have to listen to it back because uh, the the twin sister of the groom said it was only like four or five minutes, which is not that bad. No, that's uh, great. Yeah, but then my girlfriend says apparently she has proof that she was taking videos of it, and she she said there was like a minute and a half, and there was three minutes, and then there was two and a half minutes, and I was like, well, that doesn't add up to four minutes. That adds up to a lot no. more. Um, and, and I didn't think a, it was that long. Critic, of course. I, I didn't think it was that long. Girlfriend. Honestly, I didn't think it was that long. But I, I, people were laughing and stuff like that. But like I said, the problem is is when. Uh, and when I get on a stage like that, it's it's. I'm not trying to use it like as a comedy act, but at the same time, you're looking at the speech, and if, if people are laughing and stuff like that, you know, a lot of my stories, like I said before, they drag out. 
Um, but they're oh, still. Yeah. They're still <laughs> I think the listeners of this podcast know that exactly. So they it, it, <laughs> just, it just ha- just so so happens that it might have happened last night. And it's yeah. not like I can't remember it. It's just I I, I don't really know if I want to go it back and matter. critique myself. I mean, that's the thing though. <laughs> I think people in that situation get too hard on themselves. It doesn't really matter. I mean, I made up for it on the dance floor. That's all that matters. There you go. You made up for it and. That day's all about the bride and groom, anyways. Right. No one's gonna think about this ten years from now and be like, <laughs> "Yeah, Mike's speech a little long, yeah, a little, I, I <laughs> little long, a little, little long, a little long." That guy can uh, really weave a yarn. Uh, well, <laughs> it's it's good to have you, have you back. We're getting this episode done here after the uh, Washington football game from the other day. Um, we'll hopefully be doing a live post game show for one of those games coming up. It won't be this weekend, but maybe something uh, the weekend after, or whatever. But let's get into the rewind and talk a little bit about. Uh, what went on the past week in D.C. sports. We'll start with the Washington Nationals. 64-92 and 92 now. Fifth in the NL East, so last place. <laughs> uh, two series this week. It was the Marlins and the Reds. Went 1-2 and two against the Marlins. Uh, first game, an 8-7 loss in 10 innings. Jazz Chisholm scored on a wild pitch in the 10th. Second game, 7-1 win. Josh Rogers actually pitched a tremendous game. Seven and two-thirds, one earned run, four Ks. Uh, and then the third game was actually, sorry, so it was two and one, not one and two against the Marlins. I wrote that wrong. That's uh, one, seven to five. Juan Soto, three hits, three RBI. So actually won the Marlins series, which was nice. And then the Red series, uh, one and three in this one. W- winning the first game, Soto homers twice. We'll get to him later on in the Nats segment. Nats win three to two. Second game, lost eight to seven in 11 innings. Third game, lost seven to six. Castellanos hits a walk off in the ninth. And the fourth game, lost nine to Two. Red's got a grand slam in this one. And anytime you get a grand slam hit against you, the likelihood is you're going to right, lose right. that game. Uh, the Washington football team, Mike, played the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. And, how, I did mean, they, how did that go? <laughs> didn't go so well because uh, I didn't get a chance to watch it, and it's probably a good thing I didn't. So the Washington football team lost to the mighty Buffalo Bills Mafia 43 to 21. Taylor Heineke, not such a great game. 14 of 24, 212 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. Antonio Gibson, only 12 carries for 31 yards. Not that solid. He did have one catch for 73 yards and a touchdown, though. J.D. McKissick, three carries, 23 yards. Not that great as well. Decent average, but didn't really matter. Terry McLaurin, scary Terry, four catches, 62 yards on seven targets. Logan Thomas, four catches on 42 yards, four targets, and one fumble. And Cam Sims had a nice one catch for 15 yards. But the defense, the defense, the defense, the defense has been letting us down mainly in the secondary for the most part but we can also attest that to the front seven who did not play as well uh, as they should have with zero sacks zero picks Buffalo is 9 of 15 on third downs, almost similar to the game we saw a couple weeks ago with the Chargers. Uh, 481 yards of offense, which is not that great, and 359 passing yards for Mr. Josh Allen. And Washington had three turnovers on offense, so not a great week. Not a great week. It was an ugly game. We're going to talk about it in a moment. But first, I want to spend a little time talking baseball. The Washington Nationals. We won't spend too much time on this because actually, funny enough, we talked about this last episode a little bit, um, and that is Juan Soto because he is one of the only reasons to watch this team. I wanted to go over some of the stat categories in the season that Juan Soto is having right now. Uh, batting average 322 heading into today. Guess who he's tied with? 
uh, Trey Turner for first place in the Major League Baseball with a 322 average. Uh, he's leading the league in on base percentage at 471. He's eighth in the league in slugging at 552. Second in the MLB with a 123 OPS uh, and 29 homers, 92 RBI. Uh, just uh, an incredible season. And, and, and I know we spent a little time on this last week, so I, I get it. We're not going to necessarily talk about this too much today. But I was looking through some of those categories and his rankings, and I just didn't even fully realize. I knew Juan Soto was having a great season. But he has actually really turned it on in the last month or so as well. He's, I mean, the other day he had the two-homer game. Um, his average has been steadily climbing. And I guess, you know, the the thing that is still looming over this franchise, Mike, is the fact that Juan Soto is still not necessarily locked up mm-hmm. long term for this team. Um, and he's clearly out of all the guys that we've seen get long term contracts for the Nats or the guys that the Nats have let walk. Juan Soto is is probably the best one. Out of them all, I think you could say Trey Turner, obviously very good. Bryce Harper is actually having a tremendous season right. um, for Philly. But if the Nats do not, and we, we've said this before, but I'm going to say it again, if the Nats do not re-sign Juan Soto, do they lose the last bit of respect from the fan base? Like the last little bit, because there's plenty of fans that have like, really that respect meter has gone pretty far down after the blowing up the franchise, letting Harper walk, letting Rendon walk, you know, that sort of thing. Um, is, is, would that be the final straw you think for a lot of people? Now, when you're looking at the guys that we have lost in the past with obviously, like you said, Bryce Harper, Anthony Rendon, and now you're looking at Trey Turner. Now we're not really counting max in the situation because of the sole fact that his, uh, his his age is up there, so it's not like he's in his prime and he's throwing you know uh, heaters every single at bat and just blowing guys away. But Juan Soto is a different animal here. Juan Soto is an all around baseball player. Bryce Harper, early on in his career, now I'm not exactly sure about when he's in Philly right now, but Bryce Harper early in his career had a lot of knocks on him because of how he fielded, because he would go out there and he would run into walls and do different things and kind of just throw his body around. Where when you have 162 games, you have to make sure your body stays healthy so you can try to play. Now we're not talking about Trey Turner playing who plays 159 games here. You know, we need him to play at least 140 or something like that. You know, get a day off every couple weeks or whatever, and then just keep on chugging and going out there and hitting your bombs like Bryce Harper used to do. Uh, and also is obviously doing now with Philly as well. But that's the biggest thing is Juan Soto is an all-around baseball player. Now, I would say when he was 19, 20 years old. Had a few knocks on him when he was talking about fielding or whatever. But he's turned into a, a pretty at least average, if not slightly above average fielder, which is all you need in the outfield. Now, you don't need a Michael A. Taylor or a Bo Jackson throwing from the warning track. But you need a guy that's going to go out there and not make huge mistakes. And Juan Soto is that guy in the outfield. But now you're looking at him and his stats for the offensive categories – he is just blowing everybody away with what he has done this season and in previous seasons. And I think to answer your question, this whole entire outlook about Juan Soto possibly leaving because of the season he's having and us not being able, as you said, to sign those stars, 
this might blow up in their faces if this is if this does not get done because the fan base as you mentioned has been pissed off about them not re-signing these stars now Anthony Rendon has been hurt so we can kind of discount him but still he went out there and it was hitting over 300 and was a solid third baseman for us year in and year out and we also drafted him as well but that's the biggest thing is I think Juan Soto will be a different animal mainly because everyone sees him you know, as this superstar, and he's literally barely old enough to drink. So you look at it and say, you don't sign a guy like this for the next 14 years like Ronald Acuna's done with the Braves? That's going to be something where they are literally going to be sitting there in a graveyard and digging their own grave with this fan base because, yes, this fan base is definitely kind of mixed here and there when it comes to people coming in for jobs and different stuff like that. So the, that's why a lot of the games, they have tons of fans out there with different jerseys on. But this fan base is still pretty strong, especially after 2019. So when you're looking at it right now, I think, to answer your question, easily the fan base will be done with Mike Rizzo, and they will be so done with the learners being cheap that, hey, what are you going to do? This is a generational talent. If you lose him, you lose a lot of people in your fan base. Juan Soto currently has three more years under team control. He'll hit free agency in 2025. Um, so the Nats could easily come to an extension before that date. Uh, Spot Track, who, uh, uh, which is that sports payroll and salary cap database, currently has projected Soto to earn a 15-year, $503 million contract when he signs his next deal. It's the first time Spot Track has ever projected a player to earn more than $500 million. What's the AAV on that? Does it say that, too? Um, I don't know. Whatever, 500 divided by... <laughs> I'm going to do that on my phone <laughs> right now. <laughs> I mean, well, the Nats also, keep in mind, the Nats also backload a lot of these right. contracts. Where, so who knows what it'll end up being. But... Um, 33 and, talking, and a half. 33 and a half. Yeah. So when we're talking some of the biggest contracts in MLB history, we've got you know, Mike Trout had the 10-year, $360 million, uh, $360 million extension. He signed with the Angels in 2019. There was Mookie Betts signing the 12-year, $365 million with the Dodgers. Um, so this would be the biggest contract in history. Um, and uh, obviously we don't know that. This is just the projection of what it could possibly be. But something to keep an right. eye on. Uh, it doesn't have to necessarily be done by like next week or anything. But as a Nats fan, it's, it's a huge a piece, deal. It's a piece of the puzzle that you want solidified. You want to have the cornerstone guy for the for the rest of his career in in Washington. I mean, that's what you want. You need this guy to be a Nat for life. That's that's the goal. So, besides that, with Soto. Um, one last note on that is he is technically in some of the MVP talks right now. I don't think he will win MVP. Um, I think right now, actually, initially when I recorded the solo show three weeks ago or so, I was talking about Fernando Tatis Jr. being probably the front runner in the NL for the MVP. Now that's changed. Bryce right. Harper is actually really up there and having a tremendous season as a possible MVP candidate. I think Harper might end up winning it, which would be his second, his other MVP with the Washington Nationals. Um, let's move on to some football talk. The Washington football team. All right. <laughs> Unfortunately, we got to talk about this. <laughs> Unfortunately. Uh, as Mike mentioned earlier, Washington football team losing the Bills 43-21. Uh, this one got away from the team early. I believe I mean I was I was watching it as well as some other games and I'm pretty sure at one point it was twenty one nothing. Uh the Bills were up and then actually Washington football team came back a little bit, added a couple scores on on the board, and then the second half was was pretty bad. Um couple just notes 
Uh, one thing initially that I'm going to talk about. This is what everybody's talking about, but I think we need to as well. The defense, Mike. Uh, going into this season, we had, obviously, just like everybody else, we're, we're not the only ones that was hyping up this defense. When you looked at last year and how well the front four played and how well the defense overall played, I think we fell into the trap, as long with everybody else, into thinking that... Uh, you know, as the saying is, your S doesn't stink, you know. Uh, and for the Washington football team, they stink, Mike. This defense has been bad. I'll, I'll hit some of you with some of these. Second to last in total yards a game. Third to last in passing yards allowed. Seventh to last in rushing yards allowed. Fourth to last in total points allowed. The opponents have scored a touchdown on opening drive in all three games so far. And Washington football team has allowed points on 65.6% of drives. This is the worst in the league. I'll preface this with, it's been three games. So I don't think we burn the ships down yet. But Chase Young doesn't have a sack yet. The defense has been horrible. This was supposed to be the strong point. This was supposed to keep the team in games, Mike. And it's not. It's, in fact, losing them games with the amount of points that they're giving up uh, on a game-by-game -game basis. Is there any redeeming quality on this defense? Is there anything that we can look positive towards, or is this going to be what this season is going to be like? Now, when you're looking at rushing yards, I think that is just a little bit a little bit skewed because of the sole fact that Daniel Jones did run for like 80 or 90 yards in that sure. game. So if you take away now, obviously that's not really supposed supposed to be on the on the defensive line. I think they, I mean, you could say that they lost contain, but at least at the same time, that could be play calling because it could be you know as a, 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 a man to man defense. And he could have been wide open in certain runs. Uh, so if you take that away, uh, they're up there around uh, the Steelers and the Rams uh, or so. Um, if you take those yards away, but they're still yards, so you still have to count. But yeah, I just think that. The secondary is not fixed, and you know it. I've I've talked to people before, and I've said multiple times, I love Kendall Fuller. I love Kendall Fuller. I'm a huge Virginia Tech fan. I think he's even better than his brother Kyle, but he did have an injury that set him back in college, and that's why he dropped to the third round. And that's the problem that I have is that everyone is it keeps saying that he is this number one corner, and we're good to go. There was a reason why when he was in Kansas City after we did the Alex Smith trade where he wasn't the lockdown corner there. They had other guys, yes, that's true. But here, he's just thrusted into this first, I mean, I mean, first corner spot when you have William Jackson on the other side. Now, William Jackson, yes, he was the most highly coveted corner in the free agency, but they're, they're not saying that he's a, this Pro Bowl talent. You know, he's good. Don't get me wrong, he's good, but he hasn't been showing too many flashes this entire season so far. Yes, we're not hitting the panic button just yet. It's three games. Okay, calm right. down, cool the Jets. But like I said, Kendall Fuller, I think, is one of the best second corners on a depth chart. Okay? He is not that guy that's going to go out there and shut down DeAndre Hopkins or shut down uh, s some other Pro Bowl wide receiver that's going to be showing up there, like a Stephon Diggs. I don't think he's going to go out there and do that kind of stuff. You know, that injury in college was a, was a leg injury. I believe he tore his ACL, if I'm not mistaken. And that's a huge deal. I tore both my ACLs and some other ligaments in both my knees, and I'm not the same type of person either. 
It hurts when I run on a treadmill. It hurts when I run on concrete sometimes. It's not the same. Now, obviously, he goes out there and he has some of the best physicians in the world working on him and stuff like that, but he is not the guy that was a shutdown corner at Virginia Tech and was a beast. And again, that's why, and I think Kyle Fuller, I think even in that draft, everyone said he got drafted a little too high. I don't think he was projected to go in the first round. I think he was more of a second-round guy. Uh, But even back then, Kendall Fuller, was the guy that they said he's better than all of his brothers. And you know who Corey Fuller is. He played for the Lions. So you're looking at it and saying, okay, is this secondary going to do something? Is they going to pick up something? Are they going to try to pick up some type of slack? I mean, it it just makes no sense because, yes, the front four, the front seven total, I guess you could say in general, haven't been good either. But you're looking at it and saying – Okay, we have the talent there. That's why they played so well last year. Yes, they have more film on Chase Young, more film on Montez Sweat. See if they can shut him down. But that's the biggest thing is Cole Holcomb out of UNC when we drafted him was this like low-round type guy. And they were like, oh, maybe he might make the team. But he's a sure tackler. He made the team. Now he's starting for the team. John Bostic is a bona fide nice uh, linebacker for us. Jamin Davis, you know, me and you have talked about him for a couple weeks now saying, is he really going to show up? I mean, is his skill set going to translate to the NFL? Everyone said yes. So far, we haven't seen too much out of him. But the biggest thing is that the secondary needs to pick it up because we cannot get pressure if the secondary is letting so many open routes go. You cannot have, yes, Josh Allen is one of the top four or five quarterbacks in the entire NFL. But that's the biggest thing is you can't have him go out there and throw over 400 yards on you, and then you have to have Taylor Heineke come back when you let 40 right. points. That's just not how how it's been uh, for this team right now. And I think the main thing is, yes, Daniel Jones kind of carved us up a little bit here and there, uh, but we played well in that Giants game. So there are you know qualities that have shined for us, especially with you know holding Saquon Barkley to his low, low total. Um, so like I said, I think the rushing yards is a little bit skewed, but – you just can't you can't let that many yards uh, you know go by because yes everyone says you're going to get yards uh, it's all about how many points you put on and they put a they put a smacking on us yeah. over 40 is ridiculous and you can't no. have that if you're Jack Del Rio <laughs> no and not on the road i mean it's just impossible to win a game like that because like you said Heineke's not a shootout quarterback he's right. not going to be the guy that's going to throw five touchdowns in a game and keep you in things and that sort of thing i mean uh, in the past, Heineke and the defense kind of worked well together because the defense keeps you in close ball games. Heineke's able to give you a couple right. nice plays here and there, and that's how you win games uh, if you're the Washington football team. That's not happening. The right. defense is giving up crazy points. Heineke has not been playing that well. Uh, before we move on from the defense, though, I do want to point out the fact that I know it's only been three games, but the fact that Chase Young has zero sacks through the yeah, first three games, right, right, right. it's alarming. It's alarming. I mean, I know defenses are uh, on the offense side of football. They're going to throw everything possible as they can at Chase Young because they know how good he is. But, Mike, no sacks in this game, not just for Chase Young, but for the whole defense, there were no sacks. Right. I, I, I think for this vaunted front four, even if the offense is throwing everything they have at you, you got to get some pressure on the quarterback. And Josh Allen had no pressure all game long. It was ugly, as you can tell. I mean, the guy doesn't have that type of performance if he's getting pressured all game long. Right, and there's, uh, you know, one thing to look at is obviously, you know, he doesn't have any sacks, and that's a big deal. But, I mean, again, three games, okay, you know, but he last last year he had, what was it, eight and a half sacks or something of that nature. I mean, even – 
Even uh, Chandler Jones has bad games sometimes. Now, he did get some pressures, I'm sure, in the last couple of games. But Chandler Jones had five sacks, I believe, uh, either four or five in the first game, and he only has five total in the season after three games. So, yeah, you know, and he's one of the premier pass rushers in the entire league. Uh, but I, I think, yeah, you had your bad games. But Chase Young, like you mentioned, doesn't really have a great game on his resume yet. I mean, if he Not had a, if he had a game where he had a sack and a half, or or a couple sacks, or a tons of QB pressures, or a, a strip sack, or whatever it may be, okay, then you can say, all right, you know, he he's there, he's just getting double teamed on this, or whatever, or they're they're running away from him, or something like that. But at the same time, you know, you were a number two pick for a reason, and everyone knows the talent you have. And I don't think he's just like all of a sudden this dud. But I think that yeah, a little alarming when it comes to. Uh, his sack output because of how much, <clears throat> excuse me, how much him and Montez Sweat were talking about breaking the record and doing all these different things as a duo. Um, but I, I just think that when you're looking at it, most of the pressure has been coming from the interior. I mean, Jonathan Allen is eighth in the league, tied for eighth in the league with three sacks. I mean, you can't you can't you can't buy more sacks than John Allen has in the interior, and that's the biggest thing. Yeah. He is leading defensive tackles, leading defensive tackles with B.J. Hill uh, with three sacks. Not to mention, he has literally, he has, I mean, even though they have been on defense a lot for the most part, he has 12 tackles. 12 tackles is third out of the top 10 uh, people on defense, top players on defense, uh, 12 tackles for the defensive players uh, that have uh, that are leading in sacks, I should say. With ones who had three sacks and more, he is third with 12 tackles. So he's actually making a lot of plays. So John Allen's doing his work. He just wants yeah. the guys on the edge to help him. So right now, like you said, I think it's a little alarming. I'm not going to press you know the panic button, but I think my meter will go one tick up after this week. Yeah, I think... I mean, winning in Buffalo is going to be difficult to do. So I don't think it's – for Washington football team fans, I don't think it's necessarily the losing the game that in Buffalo that's so alarming. It's more of uh, the way they're losing the games, right. where the fact that the defense has not looked good pretty much all season. It's not just like one – you go into – you let's say they're – let's say the first two weeks – They've been looking great. Now, they were more up and down. The Giants game was better. Yeah. First game of the year wasn't great uh, against the Chargers. Now, the Chargers are actually a really good football team. So uh, you look at the Chargers and the Bills now that have kind of tore up this defense. I think you, as you said, it's not panic button time yet, but it just shows this team is not where we hoped they would be. They're not a contender. It's just not going to happen. Right. Um, unless they just magically turn things around. <laughs> Uh, Jack Del Rio suddenly finds the magic potion to turn around this defense. Um, but uh, that's not going to happen, I don't think. So right. they're, and they're NFC East good. Are they NFL good? I don't think so. And they're barely even NFC East good. Let's well, I, I think the big thing as well is the third down efficiency. The third down has yeah, been awful. Been so bad. I mean, if you can get a team to third down, you should be able to stop them for the most part, I would say at least 50% of the time. And right now you're yeah. looking at – I mean, you saw the Chargers. The Chargers had like – what were they, 19 of 20 or something like something that? something insane. It, it was insane. They were like 85%. And then the Bills you're looking at right here are just under 66%. So, yeah. you're, I mean, you can't have that on third down. Yeah, you're right. You have, you're right. I mean, and that's what happened. I think it might, geez, it might have been two or three years ago, the same team. Now, obviously, we have different players on this team now. Much better team, I would say. The same team did the same thing. They would literally get to third and 18, and the guy would pass a 19-yard pass, and it would be completed easily. It's just... It just baffles my mind. There's nothing uh, worse as a football when you're watching a game when your team has the other guys down and third down and it's like third and long and they yeah, get the first down. Yeah, it's the yeah, most frustrating yeah, thing in football. I would right, rank it as. Right. 
Right. It I really just, is. It's just it's just bad. And I mean, when you're looking at our third down, two of eleven. I mean, you you <laughs> just you just can't you can't. I mean. <sighs> It just frustrates me, man. Yeah, and not to mention, I'm stuffed up right now, and I'm getting irritated I know, I know. now. I'm getting fired up. <laughs> I'm looking at the stupid box score. I didn't get to watch the game. Thank God. I mean, I literally turned the TV on to this game while I was getting my suit on, my tux on, and my stupid tux. I hate the monkey suit tux. And right. then all of a sudden, I have to look at the score, and it's like literally like 37 to, to 8 or something yeah, like that. Was, I'm like, you got to be pretty bad. I, I was watching it. I rewatched it today, and it's like, uh, it's just so bad. <laughs> oh, you rewatched it? Wow. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, before we move on from this team, I did want to say um, on the offensive side of the football, Mike, uh, Taylor Haneke. Uh, Taylor Haneke. We, we're, we're getting more data. Um, as they say, the, the, the sample size is increasing. And I'd say it's it has not been a great experience right, right now with, with Heineke. Um, 212 yards, 14 for 24, but two picks on some – Really bad throws, Mike. We've seen Heineke make some bad decisions this year and throw some interceptions, um, and it seems like every single game he's throwing picks left and right, uh, at least a couple of games, it seems like. And it, it, I think we're just not sold on this guy. I know we, we want him to be good so badly because of the right. story. The story is so great. This guy, barely anybody wanted him. He had one NFL start a couple of years ago, and uh, besides that, he hadn't gotten to play anywhere. He's uh, He also was, what, local guy, right? ODU or something ODU, like that? ODU, yep, yep. So, you know, you have all these angles. You have the Hollywood script written and ready to go, but it's not there. You can't force it because right. Heineke is just not the guy. He's just not, Mike. He's not the guy that's going to win them these games. If they want to contend in this league, Heineke is not the guy to do it, especially when you look around at who they're playing. Look around against Josh Allen. Heineke is not even a third of the quarterback that Josh Allen is right now, really. You look at uh, Herbert there in San Diego. I mean, I think you could clearly put Heineke up against Daniel Jones, but, hey, I mean, the the giant uh, i mean yeah that's probably it that's probably the only quarterback in the, in the division you could probably possibly put him higher than uh besides that i'm just saying it's it's been rough on the offensive side of the football as well and i think the heineke experiment here is failing that's right. that's my opinion right and against the chargers he did play i would say almost 75% of the game for the most part when Fitz right. came out so when you're looking at his 2021 season right now He's 22nd in yards. He's tied for 13th in touchdowns, tied for 22nd with three interceptions, and he's 24th in QBR. Now, QBR, take it for what it's worth. It's a yeah. quarterback rating, whatever. Some people think it's garbage. Some people think it's good. Take it or leave it. Yeah. But at the same time, you're looking at his stats right now uh, for all three games. Now, he was throwing the football all over the Giants, and I think the Giants have an above-average defense. Buffalo? They have a above-average defense to close to a great defense. I mean, he had, they, they have one of my favorite players is, is Tremaine Edmonds. I mean, Tremaine Edmonds is a monster. Right. I loved him at Tech. Once again, another Tech homer. I loved him at Tech, but he just—I mean—he runs all over the field. And you see his dreads coming out, and you just know he looks like the he, now. You know, Chase Young is the predator. I think Tremaine Edmonds is the predator in Buffalo. I mean, it, he's, yeah. he's just a monster. But anyways. You're looking at him, and against New York, he was throwing the ball all over the field, 34 at 46, 336 yards, two touchdowns. Great game. game. I mean, yeah, I would say not great game. Maybe I'll say good game, just like you said. Yeah, good game. But against Buffalo, in a hostile environment and with the mafia all around, 212 
with one catch that Antonio Gibson basically made that was over 70 yards. Yeah, so which was a short pass. It was right. Antonio Gibson who made it work. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. So if you if you take that out, um, then he only got, you know, like, what was it, 140 yards or something like that? So yeah. you can't have that Bad. when you, when you're on the road in a hostile environment. And that's honestly probably the most hostile environment he's going to get. Tampa Bay last year in the playoffs, eh, I wouldn't really give him. Mean, Tampa Bay doesn't have the greatest fans. Florida doesn't really have yeah. the greatest fans in general besides college football. So when you're looking at it, I just think that when you go to Buffalo where they love football up there in Buffalo, that's just how it is. You always oh, see yeah. the, you always yeah. see TikToks. That's all, they got. And all that's, that's all they got up there, that and snow. Um, and uh, broken tables. Uh, but really, when you're just looking at his stat in that game, 14-24 with that one huge play to Antonio Gibson, I mean, you just can't take And now you're not taking sacks, which is good, but at the same time, I mean, dude, you, you have to make a play. Like, when their defense is faltering, that's when you have to make a play and take chances. Now, those chances might not have even been there yesterday because of the sole fact that Buffalo's defense, you know, they were – they kind of failed them, I guess you could say, against the Steelers in week one. So now they're trying to build their confidence back up. And they're like, hey, Washington, you know, they're, they're, they have this, this guy from ODU, a 28-year-old who no one pretty much wants. We're just going to tee off on him, and that's what they pretty much did. So like you said, I, I just, I'm not sold on Heineke. I think a lot of people, like you said, want him to work out so they can say like, oh, my God, we found this diamond in the rough like Aladdin or something like that. You know, all this kind of crazy stuff. It, it's just – it's just something that's it's kind of sad because like 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 you mentioned that people just want him to succeed because you know we always are having trouble with the quarterback position just like a lot of other teams are and they want a quarterback so bad that if they just have this storybook ending with a quarterback then they're going to be like oh my gosh you know we're actually going to be competitive again this and that this and that but it's you're not he's just not the guy i mean no. it's like we've mentioned this before Ryan Fitzpatrick is not the guy either. Ryan Fitzpatrick signed no. a two-year deal because he's 80 years old, number one. He's, he's a gap guy. He, he's been with yeah. 17 teams or whatever yeah. it's been. He's been with yeah, half yeah. the league. And, and you look at it, he didn't beat Taylor, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick out. And, and yeah, we, we honestly know that you know he Ryan Fitzpatrick came in to be the starter. And we said this multiple times. Taylor Heineke, no one really wanted him in the first place. He was on like a practice squad. We got him as an emergency quarterback last year for COVID. It, it's not like he's going to come in here and be like, oh, man, I found a system that works. You know, it's not like that. So I just yeah. think that, you know, people just need to pump the brakes a little bit on all this Heineke, like, talk and, and, and excuses that we're hearing, saying, like, oh, you know, it's a Buffalo defense. You know, he'll be better. If we're looking at the schedule, Ben, the problem is that, yeah, we have Atlanta. Atlanta sucks, okay? But New Orleans, who, who knows how good they are? We never know about New Orleans anymore after they put a shellacking on Green Bay, and then all of a sudden now they can't score any points, apparently. Yeah, up and down team for sure. But, but you got Kansas City, Green Bay, a good defense in Denver. You got to go at Denver in the Whitney City. Then you got Tampa Bay against so you got like three teams in the next six that are uh, Super Bowl contenders so yeah. it's like you really think that we're going to stay in those games if you're throwing 200 yards and throwing <laughs> two picks you're not beating those teams it's just right. not going to happen exactly um yeah I, everybody wants him to be the guy it's just I you and I agree he just is not the guy he's not the guy and who who is that guy going to be I don't know is it, is it going to be somebody that you trade for and bring in is it going to be somebody you draft I don't know the answer to that but I do know that that sample size is growing. We would love if he if Heineke could be the guy. That would be incredible. We would all get behind him. But he's been too up and down. He'll have his wow moment, and then he'll throw passes twenty feet over guys' heads, uh, <laughs> and then he'll throw directly into defenders' hands and things like that. So he has these moments, like he had on Sunday. He did have a diving touchdown, goal line touchdown, and things like that. And those are great moments to see. But 
there's too many bad moments and there's right. too many n- just not performing consistently. I mean, the one thing about Alex Smith that we loved when he was here was the guy would give you 250 plus, a couple touchdowns, and 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 not throw that many picks. He was a guy that would be able to keep your team in the games. That's who we wanted Heineke to right. be, and he's not. He's yeah, not I mean, he, he, he's like Alex Smith, for instance. Like you said, he's going to give you mid two hundreds. Not going to get, not going to blow the doors off. He's not going to throw for four hundred fifty yards like an Aaron Rodgers or something like that would. But at the same time, like you mentioned, he's not going to lose the game for you, and he's also going to keep you in the game because of the moving the chains type passes that he did, where the short right. to intermediate passes, hardly intermediate, is more more more, more short than anything. Right, but at the same right. time, if you're chewing up three four yards on passes still, and you're moving the chains. Defense is off the field. Their offense is off the field. So you're looking at it and saying, okay, we're going to keep the games low scoring and try to do this. But at the same time, when he goes out there and he doesn't perform the way he should be performing as a starting quarterback in the National Football League, you're going to have 43 points hung on you just like the Buffalo Bills did because they were on the field so many damn times. Another final note on this one. Deami Brown, Mike, still pretty bad uh, in this one. He had a ball – Nobody around him. I did right see that one. I did it. see that one live. Yeah, it was. Uh, again, we know he's a project guy, so we don't want to be too hard on him. We knew it was rough coming in, but man, if you want to be a player in this league, you got to learn quick. Right. And Deami Brown has is just not. He's not getting better on a week to week basis. Even if it's just small things getting better, if you just improve a little bit week to week, you can stay in this league. And Deami Brown. Not saying like they're going to release him tomorrow or anything right, like that, right. but Tiami Brown, he's got to show some improvement, just a little bit, a right. little bit would be nice. Well, one, one thing I want to ask yeah. you real fast is just looking ahead. Okay, we have the next two games. I think honestly, the next two games are must wins. Yeah. Now I, yeah. you look at Atlanta. No, okay, Atlanta right. just barely beat New York. And honestly, right. honestly, New York, that was a must win for them, I think. But they three. still have Matty Ice, and right. his defense has been bad. And exactly. the secondary has been getting torched. So Matty Ice could have come out there and throw 375 yards against this. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing I'm looking at right now is the next two are, I think, must wins because then you got four straight games. Denver right now with Teddy Bridgewater, they're, they're, they're playing pretty yeah, Denver's well. Denver's balling. Yeah. And, I mean, you got four teams or three teams. Yeah, four teams. I, oh, wait, what am I looking at? Yeah. Four teams. Yeah, Kansas City. Sorry, I, I saw the bye week and I'm, I mixed Kansas up my Kansas City, I will say, hasn't uh, been looking that great. Yeah, well, I think Pat Mahomes is a better quarterback than a lot of the quarterbacks here well, now. Well, yeah, yeah. That's so, he is. Travis Kelsey might catch 700 yards that game. Uh, <laughs> but looking at it, I just think these next two are must wins. Do you think yeah. that Atlanta and – because New Orleans, they're up in the air. We don't know really know who they actually are. But Atlanta and New Orleans – I think you have to come out and go three and two against this next four gauntlet after those two games starting yeah. October seventeenth. Otherwise, you're done. If they, if yeah. they're not if they if they get swept in those couple games heading into those Over. other big games, it's done. You stick a fork in the panic button is is hit a hundred percent. If they split those games and then maybe play pretty well, maybe they at least hang around in the Packers game or hang around with the Chiefs. Then you're like, okay. Could we be heading for like a 500 like season? Obviously, uh, now with 17 games, you can't go 500. But right, right, right. Uh, you know, somewhere in that area, okay. But if they, like you said, if they lose the next couple, it's done. It's done. Uh, NFC East uh, as a whole, obviously, with tonight the Eagles and the Cowboys playing, so they they haven't played this week yet, so nothing to talk about there. And then the Giants, 0 and 3 now. They lost to the Falcons, 17-14, game winning 
Field goal as time expires. Uh, this is a second straight week. The Giants lose on the final play of the game. Uh, and then Saquon Barkley did score his first touchdown. It was a like goal line play, dot, jumped over the def- <laughs> uh, defense guys. I mean, okay, good for you, Sweet. Saquon. <laughs> I mean, look, like uh, I don't hate the guy or anything, but I do think he's a little overrated, right. as we've all seen. Uh, college football-wise, as far as locally, UVA got stomped on by Wake Forest. Wake Forest, pretty solid team. Not bad. Uh, they've been pretty good, 37-17. Syracuse beat uh, Liberty 24-21. Uh, that's a little rough one there for for Liberty, uh, Virginia Tech. This was a game they could have they should have won by like thirty or thirty five. But right. hey, twenty one ten, you'll just take the win. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Maryland beating Kent State thirty seven sixteen. UMD, crazy four and zero now, right? Yeah, Maryland looking good, but I think that might end because <laughs> now you look ahead here on the forecast. Uh, the Nats will end their season this week. They'll have three at the Rockies and three at home versus Boston. Now. The only note on that is because Boston is in this wild card playoff hunt, the Yankees and the Red Sox and uh, you know the Rays, uh, or the Rays are already in, but the Blue Jays are in the mix and things like that. Um, the the Nats could kind of play a part in this uh, wild card shuffle that's happening right now. Right. I don't know if you caught any of the Sunday night baseball game last night. Pretty wild game. Red Sox up late. Uh, Aaron Judge at the plate. Uh, with two strikes, Red Sox throw it. I forget who was pitching. Throws it. Catcher catches it. And then on the exchange, drops the ball. Joe West behind the plate says that he, that he, it was a dropped, uh, you know, that it was a, a dropped strike or whatever. So Aaron Judge gets another pitch. It shouldn't have been. It was a strike three. He would have struck out. Two pitches later, he hits one in the gap, takes the lead. Unbelievably bad call. By Joe West. I heard Joe West is retiring though, as he should. It was <laughs> it was terrible. One That's of the serious. worst umpires to ever do it. Angel Hernandez is up there as one of the worst. Joe West is one of the worst. And for some reason, these guys get to be umpires for like forty five years. I don't get it. <laughs> we all know. You ask any baseball fan if Angel Hernandez is a good umpire, they'll say no. You ask any baseball fan if Joe West is a good umpire, they'll say no. But for some reason, we all are just okay with these guys ruining baseball because of how bad they are as umpires. I don't understand. If someone's that uh, bad at their job, they should be fired. A hundred percent of the time. Uh, Washington football team, as we mentioned, they'll play the Falcons, the one and two Falcons. They'll be in Atlanta at one p.m. But the college circuit, Mike, UVA oh, yeah. at Miami. This is a uh, overrated Miami team, as we saw them lose to Michigan State at home and things like that. UVA a little overrated. They got some early season wins now. They're uh, they got beat up by Wake Forest. That's an interesting game. And on Thursday and then Friday, we get the big, big number boy. five Iowa at Maryland. I am so excited for that. Same, game. same. Uh, and then you got Liberty at UAB on Saturday. If you care about that, <laughs> if you um, care, if you care. let's see. It is time for the final lap, right? And then we do the trivia. It's hard. It's been a. It's yeah. like a week in it's between, been a long, and I forget things. It's been a long weekend. Uh, all right, it's final lap time. Ninety seconds on the clock. Here we go. Giants Blake Martinez, Mike, their uh, leading tackler, I believe, season-ending ACL tear for a team that's already had the injury bug bite them. This is brutal. ACL tears are the worst because it's a six- to nine-month recovery basis, and he's one of their best defensive stars. So bad. Uh, Big one here, Ryder Cup. U.S. smokes Europe. I believe this was the biggest loss that Europe has had in the Ryder Cup, 19-9. to 
I was kind of shocked by this. I, I'm obviously, I didn't get to watch too much of it because all the festivities yeah. this weekend. But at the same time, they did shorten the course for Whistling Straits to make the U.S. be able to bomb it. So I would like to see in a couple years if the U.S. can still beat Europe overseas. Sure. Justin Tucker kicked 66-yarder to beat the Lions. Unreal. The longest field goal in NFL history, Mike. Uh, you you, 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 you want to talk about recovered. that? <laughs> I, I just still haven't recovered. I still haven't recovered. He, he, he must have the most swag out there because he literally doesn't miss a kick. It's unbelievable. It's, and the funny thing is he did miss a kick earlier in the game, a 48-yarder he right. missed, I believe. And he kicks the 66-yarder. Uh, one of the worst days of my life. Uh, <laughs> Seattle Kraken win their first ever preseason game. The Kraken are here now, Mike. And preseason has started in the NHL, which is crazy. It's yeah. here. Release the Kraken. Release the Kraken. <laughs> and then the last note here, uh, Russell Westbrook, I believe in a recent interview or something like that, this has been going around, um, that he was going to try to convince Bradley Beal to leave the Wizards with him. Um, which, as a Wizards fan, you just... <sighs> You, you kind of shake your head a little bit at Russell Westbrook. Like, dude, you came in for, what, a season or whatever? Yeah. Uh, you know, you played well at times. You did the triple-double stuff. Uh, you got us into the playoffs, which was nice, and then you disappear like you do every year in the playoffs. You're going to go to the Lakers, and you're not going to be able to space the ball around, and that team's going to be worse because you're on it. Um, <laughs> you know, and you uh, are trying to say that you tried to convince our franchise player to leave. I mean, if you're a Wizards fan, two middle fingers up to Russell Westbrook. <laughs> I mean, you were here for a season. It's going to be a trivia question like 10 years from now. Yeah. Uh, what team did Russell Westbrook play for one season in 2020? Right. I mean, it's going to be a an afterthought. He's never going to be remembered as a Washington Wizard. Um, oh, thanks for the first-round exit in the playoffs, Russ. That was real fun. Uh, you know, I think... I just don't I don't like to hear something like that. Mike, I know the players have the power and I want and you know that Bradley Beal in this situation where is up in the air. We don't know are we gonna be able to keep him or not or all this stuff. Um but I just don't like hearing this. It it, it pisses me off a that, bit. that's the, the biggest thing is he has no allegiance to DC. You know, he said he liked it here and he had a big thank you and all that kind of stuff for the season that he was here and the record he broke and whatnot. But at the same time, he's not uh, ha having any allegiance to the Wizards because he doesn't care. He's one of those guys that ch is chasing a ring, and that's all he wants. So he wants Bradley Beal to go over there and say, hey, one-year deal, let's just go shake it up with LBJ, and let's see if we can get a ring over in L.A. And, and that's just the biggest thing is, like I said, he doesn't care about D.C., which, you know what, like you said, two, two middle fingers. Who cares? I mean, hey, go play with LeBron. You're not going to win a title this year because, like you said, he's not going to be able to space the ball. He's not going to get the ball enough. He's going to probably cry at some point. LeBron's going to probably yell at, yell at him, and then they're both going to – throw fists or something like that something's gonna happen uh you know and, and that's just the biggest thing is it's kind of disappointing because it's like okay you tried to convince him to leave but at the same time it's like dude you don't have to publicize that just keep that behind closed doors yeah it's it's it, it's it cre automatically creates an enemy in my eyes right uh, right with to washington wizards fans and hey we need a good enemy it's been a while uh, let's. Right. Uh, do you have a trivia question oh, at the ready, Mike? Of course right. I do. Of course I do. Let's go ahead and get into Mike's <coughs> uh, DC trivia question of the week. So I apologize, obviously, for me clearing my throat every two seconds and coughing. That's all right. Uh, it's a long weekend. So this question is a WFT question slash Redskins question. So I will ask, in 2005, what wide receiver did the Skins acquire by sending a disgruntled Lavernius Coles 
back to his former team, the New York Jets. In 2005, what wide receiver did the that say the squids, uh, the skins acquire by sending a disgruntled Lavernius Coles back to his former team, the New York Jets? New York Jets receiver, 2005. You said yes. Is that when this happened? 2005. All right, I'm just trying to put myself back there. Um, here's a uh, here's my question for you. Okay. How long was this receiver on the Washington football team? Um, or roughly, like it doesn't have to be. Exact. I would say in between. Like I would say over five years. I'm just gonna say that. I'm not gonna try to give you the exact because right. I, I got it. Okay. Got it. Oh, great. Santana Moss. Okay. <laughs> right. I thought it was gonna be a lot harder than that. No, no. It was a good question. It took me a second, but I was like, if this guy was only around for like two years, there's no chance I would have got it. Right. But I remember, I mean, I, I, that was when we were, uh, that was when I was at least like in high school and things like that. This right, some, right, some right. of the Santana, Santana Moss years. So like, I remember, I remember that. And yeah, it was weird to think he was on the Jets before. Yeah, he was on uh, the Jets uh, out of Miami, obviously. And when he was on the Jets, they had that 30 for 30, I believe, on him or something. that They, they did something where he was talking about his time. Maybe it was just an interview or something like that. And then when he went to the Redskins, it was pretty insane because Lavernius Coles hated the Redskins and all this kind of right. stuff. And all of a sudden, he went to the Jets, and he sucked. And then all of a sudden, the Jets fans are pissed off because Santana Moss ended up having pretty much a yeah. a, a fringe Hall of Fame career with it was the Redskins. A great, it was a great career in, in D.C. Remember, wasn't uh, didn't his kid go to the same place we used to record those game day shows? And I feel like we got to see Santana Moss a couple times. I, or am I thinking of a different receiver? I, uh, I couldn't tell you. Okay, that's all right. I just hey, that, remember that memory bank has been was, closed. I think it was Santana Moss. I like I got to see him a couple times and meet him because his kid played baseball. I, now, played, actually, now that you yeah. say that, I, think, I know this was a long time ago, and it's only for you and me. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Information. I, 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 I think I know what you're talking about. Now that kind of, yeah. now that I'm kind of thinking about I it, I just remember being a nice guy. I met him once. I shook his hand. You know, you know, you know what the worst thing about meeting a professional athlete, though, is that when you're actually a fan, you don't know what to say when you, when you oh, meet yeah. him. So I saw Daryl Green one time at the office, and I was like, oh, big, big, big fan, man, big fan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I look, I was, and I looked at myself, I was like, what an idiot. Who oh, says God, that? Because I mean, you freak out. <laughs> it's like when uh, when Bradley Beal, when I was at the Mason women's game, Bradley Beal was there because at the time he was dating one of the players, and he was in the stands, and I spent like a quarter, or not a quarter because it was women's basketball, it was a half. Uh, or maybe it was quarters back then. They changed it. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> I, I spent I spent a while like scoping him out because I was like, I'm pretty sure that's Bradley Beal. Right. I was like, but he was in like street clothes and he had glasses on and I think he had a hat on or something. So it was like, is it Bradley Beal or not? So I, he for for like 30 minutes I was just staring at the guy, <laughs> which I know he must have noticed. <laughs> and then eventually I subtly kind of snuck up in a way, like kind of near him, and I was like, Hey, big fan, like, do you mind taking a picture? And like. He, I think he initially might have even said no, but I like kind of just kept going with it. <laughs> Here's my and phone. Then, like, and Hold then this. I have a picture of of me, uh, Bradley Beal and Abby, and like Bradley Beal, no smile, no nothing. He's just kind of sitting there. It, it's an awkward photo. Yeah, it's just it the guy that's been staring at him for for two halves or four oh, doors or whatever bad. it is. Ask for I, a picture. I felt I, I'm I'm still glad I got it because I have a Bradley Beal photo together. But at the same time, I'm like, man, that was embarrassing. Yeah, that that was rough. Uh, it was rough. Uh, all right, the money line sponsored by DraftKings. Um, rough week for your boy with the money line. I mean, <laughs> I had Michigan State winning the game. They do, but they don't cover. Um, they lose in over. They win in overtime by a field goal. Um, and then my other game, as we talked about before the show, Akron. Who 
Couldn't cover a 49 and a half with 49 and a half points, and they didn't cover. They lose by 52, I think. Uh, yep. Rough week. I mean, those are bad beats, Mike. That's, those are bad. That's, beats. That is a bad beat. I mean, seven <laughs> touchdowns. Seven now touchdowns. You, on the other hand, had a great week. I think you were two and zero. Oh. It yep. was a uh, tremendous week for you. You go back to five hundred at two and two. I'm one and three. I am looking for a bounce back, and that starts with my Michigan State Spartans. I'm gonna look Michigan State. I took you last week. Yeah, you didn't cover, but that was against Nebraska. We got Western Kentucky this week. Yep, ten and a half. That's my lock. Michigan State, a couple touchdowns. I think they get this win. My dog. So Arkansas-Georgia, which is going to be a really fun game, especially because Arkansas just beat up on A&M. Um, now Georgia's a whole other beast. They're a top three team in, in, in college football, uh, kind of in a class of their own. 18 and a half? I kind of like that. Oh, yeah. I like Arkansas having those that those points. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Arkansas there as my dog to at least cover that 18 and a half. I do like the hook uh, so on that end dog. of that, too. I like the hook yeah. on there as well with the half point. Um, you know, if, even if I were doing alternate spreads, I would m- maybe go up to 21 and a half uh, just right. in case. Um, uh, that that probably shouldn't change it too, too much. But I'm going to change it up. Uh, you went with college. I'm going to go with the NFL. I think Washington bounce backs, uh, bounces back. Sorry, I, I'm just, my, my mind's all over the place. You got to uh, think they at least win by a field goal. You right. Know? Yeah, I think they bounced back against Atlanta. Russell Gage was out this past week, so I think he might be out again uh, against Washington. So that's one less weapon for Matty Ice. Um, you never know uh, what Calvin Ridley might do against this defense, but uh, I'm hoping that Jack Del Rio kind of switches things up and uh, maybe the offensive line uh, of Atlanta can let in a few sacks. We'll see. Uh, but one and a half, I think that is just a little bit overplayed because if Washington would have kept the Bills a little bit closer, I think this would have been closer to four. Um, but that's just me. Atlanta obviously beaten uh, New York uh, last week helps them as well. Uh, my dogs, uh, I think the Ravens uh, and the Broncos, I think the Ravens bounce back as well after laying kind of a dud game against the Lions. Uh, I think the Lions are a little bit underrated, but at the same time, uh, the Ravens having to have a 66-yarder to beat them uh, after some of the games they've had against the Chiefs and stuff like that, that was a dud. So I'm going to take the Ravens on the money line as it stands right now at plus 105 over the Broncos in Denver. Um, you know, the Broncos, they're rolling just like you mentioned before, uh, but Lamar might have to put the team on his back and see uh, what they can do against Teddy Bridgewater and company. Yeah, I think the Lions game was kind of a wake-up call for the Ravens because, like you said, coming off of that incredible win uh, the previous game, and then I think you go to Detroit in that situation and you're kind of, like, overlooking them right. because you're like, man, we just came off this fantastic game, like, the Lions haven't won a game. Uh, do we even really have to try in this one? And it's still the NFL, and these guys are still some of the best athletes in the world, and the Lions were able to stay in this game uh, and and potentially win the game besides yeah. a few bad uh, coaching decisions and then, of course, some bad refing, and it's just uh, I don't oh, yeah. even – uh, just, just, just kill me. Um, and then, uh, so I do, I do like the pick because while the Broncos have been fantastic, um, I think they're due for a letdown game. Right. And I think the Ravens are the type of team to be able to make that happen because Lamar is still Lamar Jackson. I mean, he's, he's incredible. I mean, Von Miller is a beast for the Broncos, but Lamar Jackson is very. Very underrated, I would say, at getting out of trouble uh, because yeah. of his running ability. I think he runs a little bit too much, uh, and I think when he does take sacks, it's more so because he's too giddy in the pocket. And he tries to stay in the pocket instead of just right. saying, screw it, I'm going to escape. Um, so I think there's a kind of a, 
uh, a jumbled kind of overview about what he does when he has pressure on him. Uh, but Von Miller is more of a speed rusher. So when it comes down to speed versus speed, I think Lamar Jackson can, you know, just slide up in the pocket and, and, and escape whenever he needs to. But the Broncos offense right now is uh, is his humming. So yeah, they're fun. They're fun uh, to watch. Hopefully Marlon Humphrey and, and, and company uh, can, can can stop him. So Teddy Bridgewater is one of those guys that I think is universally loved in the NFL. Yeah, like I, I mean, don't, you can't root against the guy. Right. And, and, I mean, plus 105 isn't a huge dog, but at the same time, uh, that's still pretty good value on the money line yeah. just to win outright. So I'll, I'll go with it. Those are good picks. Those are Mike's on the money line, sponsored by DraftKings. Well, as we mentioned, we'll be watching the Washington football team take on the Falcons uh, this weekend. So we'll be talking about that next episode and uh, the end of the Nats season. So we'll probably do a little bit of Nats postseason talk as far as uh, certainly not playing in the postseason, but uh, kind <laughs> right. of a season recap and get into some of our grades and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then it's almost hockey time as well. We'll, we'll probably uh, take a look at the Caps camp so far i know they're playing some preseason games they played one last night i believe um and uh and the next thing you know will be basketball season too so it's about to get a little crazy here in the next couple months um but we appreciate you being along for the ride with us as always you can catch us on the contender app go download that today that's contender with a k you can hear our show streaming throughout the week and clips and all that good stuff and when Mike and I do our live post-game show, that is where we want you to go. Go listen to the app on The Contender. Uh, also, check out um, Bird's Eye View with Erica McCall. You heard the first episode on our feed here this past week. If you haven't already, go download that and listen to it. Um, and uh, the second episode drops tomorrow. If you're listening to this on Monday evening, it drops on Tuesday morning uh, on its own feed. Uh, the B Bird's Eye View with Erica McCall, brought to you by the DC Crossover. Mike and I have been working on that for a long time now. It's a really great show. Mystics player Erica McCall talks about international basketball. I highly recommend you to check it out. It helps us. It helps them. It's uh, it's a good look all around. For Mike, follow him on Twitter, at own 16 For myself and the show account, at the DC Crossover. Mike, another episode in the books. Go take some more Zyrtec uh, or whatever you got over there. Something. And I'll see you next week. This has been another episode of the DC Crossover.